VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. Friends, we thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here on VCY America. It's been called Israel's 9-11. This past Saturday, Hamas, in cooperation with others, launched an attack on the nation of Israel. Many hundreds have been killed, thousands wounded, women, children, even elderly have been kidnapped. On Saturday, Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu declared their nation is at war. Israel's security cabinet voted to go to war for the first time since the Yom Kippur War in 1973, the first time in 50 years. On Saturday, on X, that's the former Twitter, Khomeini's message was, God willing, the cancer of the usurper Zionist regime will be eradicated at the hands of the Palestinian people and the resistance forces throughout the region. American Military News reported that 31 Harvard student organizations released a letter Saturday that claimed Israel was entirely responsible for this unfolding violence in the Middle East. Yesterday, protesters converged in Times Square in New York City to rally support for Palestinians after Hamas invaded Israel. Some chanted, Zionism has got to go. Also heard was, long live the Intifada. Ladies and gentlemen, sheer evil is unfolding. So with news, analysis, and an eye on Bible prophecy, we welcome Dr. Jimmy DeYoung, Jr., speaker, teacher, Middle East guide, videographer, speaker on prophecy today. He lived and worked in Jerusalem for many years as a fully credentialed journalist and has numerous tours, led them to Israel. Dr. DeYoung, thanks for joining us here today on Crosstalk. Jim, it's uh, great to be with you. I'm sorry that it has to be on this occasion, but this is a very sad and dark period in the Israel of history. Uh, you know, when you look at Israel and its role and what's taken place uh, in the last couple of days, it, uh, it was, is currently going on, and will be a dark time for some extended period, maybe even years to come. And as you said in your opening statement, this is one of the major, major events in history. We're watching history unfold, and therefore I think it's leading potentially to prophecy being unfolded. So this is a very important time in the days in which we're living. Brother DeYoung, unfold for us exactly what happened this past Saturday. We understand this was at the conclusion of a, a Jewish holiday on their Sabbath day. Unfold for us what happened. Yes, uh, we all woke up on Saturday morning, which would have been, uh, for our time, we are eight hours behind Israel, so they were eight hours ahead. A lot of us started getting phone messages. I still have on my phone rocket alerts uh, that come across on my phone. It uh, sends a ping and uh, lets you know uh, that there's a rocket that's been fired. We started getting those early in the morning, uh, woke up. Uh, so, yes, Feast of Tabernacles just ended in Israel. We were, uh, the Jewish people were celebrating Simchat Torah, which is the finishing of the five books of the reading and a year-long process of reading through the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, the law. Uh, they end up with Deuteronomy and then start again with the first chapter of the book of Genesis. So, it's a festive time. It was a holiday for the religious Jews. Of course, it was Shabbat for a lot of non-religious Jews, people that were enjoying the holiday that celebrated Feast of Tabernacles, or in Israel it's called Sukkot. Uh, it's a time when uh, a lot of events take place, and this event, this attack that was uh, coordinated, heavily planned, uh, attacked first a party that was going out, uh, that was taking place in the desert. And it was a rave, it was a music rave, Israeli young people, college kids, uh, young adults, college and career were out, uh, probably a couple thousand were out in the desert, and uh, the attack took place. Uh, from my understanding and talking with people that uh, had friends that were there at the rave, it sounded like it was... Part of the event, 
but they quickly realized and panic set in that this attack uh, coordinated on three um, three prong attack land sea and air um, Palestinian Hamas terrorists uh, came in on uh, with on hang gliders uh, paragliding in they came in rubber dinghy from the Mediterranean Sea, and they also came across the border after blowing up the security fence through tunnels, and uh, an attack was made. I think now the number from that attack, that uh, initial attack, which then spread to uh, surrounding communities, kibbutz that are down in that area. And remember, this area is about 55 miles southwest of Jerusalem. Hmm. In the Gaza Strip, um, this is where the attack originated from. There are a lot of communities there on the border uh, that uh, border right up. There are farm fields and uh, where they plant that kind of run up to the security fence. There's a no man's land, if you will, a zone. Uh, but they, you know, there are a lot of communities that still live down in that area, and communities that are always the first to be attacked when. Hamas wants to start something from the Gaza Strip, missile attacks. So these communities are no stranger to attacks from the Hamas, but uh, this one was much different where actually on the ground they were, in, they were infiltrated by some, to some accounts, up to a 1,000 Hamas terrorists that came across and went from city to city kidnapping, raping, pillaging. Uh, it's, it, it's evil. Sure evil, uh, it's yes. Just, it's not, this is not uh, soldier against soldier. We've seen wars where it's soldier against soldier. But in our lifetime, Jim, we have seen since 9-11, our 9-11, the opening of the Muslim Brotherhood, the Islamic um, ISIS group that came in and went throughout the Middle East that started in Iraq and went to Afghanistan and then uh, made its way down into North Africa, to Somalia, Ethiopia, and Sudan. This is their modus operandi. This is how they operate. And um, they're raping, pillaging, killing people, uh, cutting their heads off. There's no regard for life. And it doesn't matter if you're a soldier, if you're a grandmother, if you're a grandfather, or you're a young person. We've heard many, many atrocity stories of what took place on the attack that took place on Saturday morning, which was, as any... uh, family would have been sleeping in on a Saturday, these young people that were out in the fields enjoying a night of uh, festivity, and then uh, the attacks continue to take place on the highways, and um, yeah, that's when that's when Israel realized, and at first, Jim, I, I like everybody else, I thought, oh, this is, this is uh, just a normal, but as it started to unfold, it's not normal, right. and as you said, this is the worst atrocity in the history of Israel, I mean, which they're no stranger to wars. Yeah, let me ask you about this, Jimmy, because Israel is known for its intelligence. How is it that Israel was caught off guard? You mentioned land, air, and sea. Um, how is it that Israel was was not mindful or have in intelligence as to what was about to unfold? Yes, it's a very good question. That's one that everyone seems to ask. Uh, from my uh, intelligence sources and what we've gathered, uh, Israel has been preoccupied all summer with the judicial reform protest. And, um, you know, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of people that were clogging the highways outside of Tel Aviv, outside of Jerusalem. Uh, you know, Israel's not like the United States, although they're becoming, but there are, there's one highway, highway number one, and then highway number two. Right now, they have up to six major highways that run north to south through the country or east to west. So when you clog up those arteries, and that's what the Israeli military police, they were all preoccupied with these events that took place all summer. This coordinated attack had to, be, had to have help from another big entity, which we can get into later. I believe Iran was a part of the process mm-hmm. of planning this attack. Uh, Israel was preoccupied, and I believe they became complacent. You know, they had the Iron Dome in place. And um, I, um, 
they, they fell back into, because of world opinion, they fell back into a defensive mode. And uh, they used the Iron Dome to protect them from missiles, which it did its job immensely. over the, And I was there at one time when over four to 500 missiles were fired from the Gaza Strip towards Israel. And you wouldn't have even really have known it was being protected by the Iron Dome. And I think a lot of the Israeli government felt complacent that uh, we've got ourselves protected. We have the security barriers up. But, uh, you know, in the Gaza Strip, I mean, this has th- happened before. This this Iron Dome, actually, it was just overwhelmed by the, the sheer volume of missiles, was it not? It sure was. Over 3,000 missiles were fired. Some are even more. And even now, today, we still have more rockets that are being fired. Uh, Israel, the IDF, the Israeli Defense Air Force, uh, that has gone in and has retaliated. They're trying to wipe these things out. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, and when you talk about an intelligence failure, you're talking about not only Israel, but I do believe worldwide. Our yes. our intelligence um, operations, whether it be the CIA or the NSA or whoever has been watching, was caught off guard also. Yeah. And this is a type of a planned attack that needed a lot of help from Iran, which Hamas is a proxy of Iran, and uh, bringing in missiles into the Gaza Strip. We also have a lot of missiles up in Lebanon where Hezbollah is located, and these are two proxies of Iran that are doing the fighting. And as you said, Khomeini also asked that, uh, you know, Israel be wiped off the face of the map. But it didn't just start now, Jim. We've got to remember that. So Hamas, when you go back to the founding of Hamas, it began in 1986. It was one of the governmental bodies that was helping the Palestinians. And it was, and my father used to speak about this often in the early 90s, he talked about the blind Sheikh Yassin that uh, was in prison. Uh, He had followers. He was the, he, he founded Hamas, got them started. His credo from the very beginning was to take back the land from the Jews, the Jewish Zionists, and give it back to the Palestinians. And so this is a program that was started back in the 80s. We talked about it in the 90s. We kept focusing on it. We started seeing the Muslim Brotherhood come up, Islamic uh, uh, Brotherhood, and then ISIS uh, came into place. So this has been coming for a long time. And, you know, when you think about it, Israel, which has 10 million Jews, we're getting close to uh, almost 15 million People that live in Israel, 10 million of those being Jews, are surrounded by 220 million Muslims, Arab Muslims, that want to wipe Israel off the face of the map. And we are certainly going towards, uh, I would think, at least potentially the beginning of the Battle of Gog and Magog of Ezekiel 38. Friends, we're going to take a quick break here. We've got a lot to unfold yet on the broadcast. You're tuned to Crosstalk on VCY America. Dr. Jimmy DeYoung Jr. with us. You often heard his father, Dr. Jimmy DeYoung Sr. on Crosstalk. And uh, as he often used that phrase, the stage is being set for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. Friends, we'll be having much more information after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY America Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, why is helium so much lighter than the other gases? Chris, helium is lighter because it's a smaller atom, far smaller than any other gas except hydrogen. There's a very interesting lesson we can learn from this. We know how many atoms of helium are out there from a direct observation. We also know how fast helium is produced below the Earth's surface and how fast it enters the atmosphere. By doing simple division, we can see that all of the helium that's in the atmosphere would get here in a rather short period of time, far too short to have allowed for evolution to occur. Once again, Chris, we see that the scientific evidence supports the biblical way of thinking and not the evolution way of thinking. Back to Genesis wins again. To find out more about creation science, visit us on the web at www.icr.org. That's www.icr.org.
Israel has been attacked. Our guest today, Dr. Jimmy DeYoung Jr., and uh, giving us news, giving us analysis, and certainly have an eye on Bible prophecy on this as well. He talked about this perhaps being the beginning of the uh, Ezekiel 38 war. Gog and Magog will unfold that as well here. But uh, Dr. Jimmy DeYoung, uh, this uh, is as this is unfolding, let's talk about what is going on in Israel, life in Israel at this point. And I know a number of people have been taken hostage at this point. What do we know about what's going on with them? What, what, how have things changed today from just a couple days ago in Israel as well? Yes, Jim, you know, the entire Middle East is now watching Israel's battle against Hamas. The Gaza terrorists launched a deadly assault combining heavy rocket fire and deep raids to slaughter and abduct hundreds of Israeli uh, civilians and soldiers. We know at this moment we probably have somewhere between uh, 50 and 100 uh, confirmed. The last number that I read, there were 30 confirmed, and families have been notified uh, that 30 people are being held. Uh, inside the Gaza borders, inside the Gaza Strip. And, you know, the IDF's response to this carnage will determine how Israel's enemies and its allies, believe it or not, view it for the next decade. So how did we get here? And what's next? Well, let me first talk about what you talked about there, what's happening in Israel right now. Having been there, first lived there in 1984 during the first Israeli-Lebanon conflict, over the years, going through the intifadas that took place, which was the uprising of Arabs, uh, Islamic uh, Arabs, Palestinians, if you will, um, against Israel, the what they called the oppression of the Israeli government, and uh, reaching out, um, you know, and this took place 2006, 2012, 2014, 2018, 2019, 2021. So this is not... Uh, something new, but this happens to be the most evil attack that's ever uh, taken place. So you mentioned this did take place on the uh, kind of the Remembrance Day of the Yom Kippur War, 50 years Mm -hmm. since the Yom Kippur War, 1973. After that war, when Yom Kippur War took place, uh, Israel was fighting, fighting for their life, as they are doing now. They are fighting for their life. Life is literally, if you, if you would, the joy of life has been sucked out of them with this event that took place this weekend. If you can imagine the state of the size of New Jersey, um, everybody knows people everywhere. I've been involved in the not only the journalistic aspect, but tourism over the years. We've taken... 200 groups to the land of Israel. Um, I know Israel better than I know San Antonio where I live. I mm. know more people on different sites and different locations on, on, on antiquity sites. Uh, it affects everybody. Uh, we have Arab friends that we know that are not Islamic. They're, they're just Arabs that live in the land of Israel. They would call themselves Palestinians. They grew up calling themselves Palestinians. Uh, By the way, the Palestinian nomenclature, that name was resurrected by Yasser Arafat. Uh, Up until that time, up until Yasser Arafat came in and brought back the term Palestinian, um, it was Israel, and uh, not along with its neighbors, but with those people that lived with inside of it, they coexisted. There are many Arab communities today that coexist with the Jewish communities that live either amongst them or right next to them. There are pockets, and Islam has come in and created this hatred of young Muslim men against the occupier, if you will, and again, I just use that term in quotes, of the Jewish government that's there. So people look at one another, uh, where most people were safe, relatively safe, living through the land, uh, there are rockets over Jerusalem today, and that's the first time I've heard that. Mm. I talked to some of my, I talked to both Israeli friends, Jews, and Arabs, and they're both Israelis. Israelis is not just a term for Jewish people; it's also given to Arabs, people that live in the land of Israel. I talked to both sides, and both are scared to death. These are people that 
live and work amongst each other, yeah. coexist together, and they're afraid of the Islamic influence into the land. And we're talking about the center of the country, uh, the areas of Nablus, Shechem, and we're talking about areas where their Islam has come in. And so when you think about what Israel is trying to do, it's trying to eradicate. It's given the green light right now to go in and to clean house. It was something they should have done uh, over, the t- over the years since about 2012. They've kind of allowed um, and listened to world opinion to allow uh, Hamas and the Palestinian Authority, which are two different groups, remind you, two different groups, Palestinian Authority and Hamas, uh, they allowed these groups to survive in the Gaza Strip, in the area of Ramallah, uh, and other different areas. And with the idea of peace, Jim, I don't know if you remember, back around 2002, 2003, Ariel Sharon went in and they uh, uh, evacuated a whole community of religious Jews that were that built a farm and, and greenhouses and everything in order to acquire peace. Well, you know... This has never been the uh, outcome of the Arabs or the Islamic or Palestinians. They don't want peace. They want Israel gone from that land. And uh, so now today, Jewish people, they just have no life. And when you think about uh, how long this will take to recover from this, 900 of their, I mean, when one Jew is killed in a terrorist attack, Many people come out to those funerals, and they set Sheva for seven days. They mourn this person. Can you imagine 900 to 1,000 people probably at the end of this, uh, uh, Israelis that have been killed, and how that will suck the life out of the nation of Israel? There's no joy there right now. Not at all. They're lamenting. The Book of Lamentations is a book about the destruction of the temple. Uh, Israel is lamenting right now. Uh, the destruction of lives in the nation of Israel. Dr. DeYoung, Hamas is confirming that it receives support from Iran for these terror attacks. Now, we all have been watching this administration, and and they're trying to resurrect the the uh, Iran deal, so-called. Uh, we know that there was just this exchange of, of prisoners that took place, and on top of that, we put uh, $6 billion of frosting on top of their cake. Um, and as I mentioned here, we've got support uh, that Hamas is claiming, yes, we got support from Iran for all of this. So let's bring Iran into the picture here and, and the influence that they may have had on this attack. And can it be that, that even these monies that we funneled from the United States help to encourage this uh, in, intrusion, this attack, this barbaric activity to take place? No, no doubt, Jim. No doubt. And when, you know, when you go back, even if you go back to Ahmadinejad, who was the, the prime minister and the president and, and leading his people throughout the 2000s and, and in Humani today, their, their stated goal, even in front of the United Nations, and this is important, their stated goal is to wipe Israel out off the face of the map. So, I mean, that's something that they are not, uh, you know, we're not showing clips of that on, on any of really of the news outlets, if you will. But this has been their stated goal. Uh, no doubt that they use this money, and it's very interesting when you watch our government. And I look, I I uh, I don't want to be political in this time. We need to be mindful of the fact that many people have lost lives, many people are losing their lives all around the world. But as we think about this, uh, Iran, uh, who is in a relationship with our government, our administration now, President Biden came out and condemned the attack, but. He hasn't said much since Iran, it's been confirmed that Iran used some of this $6 billion that were given back. Some say uh, not only that, but when you look at the total and allowing the oil money to be released and oil to be released, we're talking almost uh, $60 billion. Of course, Iran was involved in this. They have nothing to hide, and they declare this openly that they want to wipe out the state of Israel. My.
Well, let me ask you this, Brother Jimmy, uh, as, as news of this unfolded, I mean, we saw the State Department's U.S. Office of Palestinian Affairs. They, they sent out on social media for Israel to refrain from retaliatory, you know, retaliatory re- attacks. And that post was pulled down. Later, President Biden made a statement that the U.S. is standing by Israel. But I'd like you to give us your analysis of the U.S. response. And I know we've got American lives that have been lost here, but we understand the president is making no additional statements today on this. How do you view the response from the U.S.? Well, Jim, and I'm sure you've covered this on your program, uh, the world as it views the United States right now, we're in total disarray. We lost the Speaker of the House, our elections. We, we've become a basically a banana republic, uh, if you will. We, uh, you know, uh, elections have been disputed. Uh, we're prosecuting a former president, uh, trying to prosecute him, keep him out of the elections. Um, our government, and on both sides, I will say, both sides, Democrats and Republicans, are politicians. Uh, when politicians are getting involved, um, they, you know, when the world looks at this right now, they're looking at our response. Our foreign policy is in shambles. Uh, yes, we have, and I am very proud of our men and women that serve in the military and armed forces and have been on the ground. Our special forces are in places around the world trying to implement what America stood for. But as of right now, uh, it certainly seems like we are, uh, we don't know what we're doing. I do know that the Sixth Fleet has been uh, positioned off the coast of Israel. Uh, but when you look at it, when we pulled out of, out of Afghanistan and we uh, all the lives of men and women that were lost in, the, in this fight to uh, exact revenge for our 9-11, uh, we, we let it all go. And, and, and when you look at Afghanistan and you pulled out, it created a vacuum. Who went in there? Well, you have the Taliban went back into power. You have China that went in there. Uh, China is playing a major role in this, Jim. I hate to, to break it to people, and I hate to break it to our administration, but China certainly is pulling the strings, not only in Russia, but in Iran also. And, you know, uh, uh, whatever relationship our administration has, it's not working to prevent this terrorist evil activity that took place. And um, when you look at the response of world leaders, you know, uh, 67 was the, re- 1967 was the, was Israel was attacked on five fronts. Uh, it reunited, uh, through the fighting, the reunification of the city of Jerusalem took place. Jerusalem became the capital for the Jewish people. Uh, that was their stated capital. President Trump moved. Uh, our embassy to Jerusalem uh, in, a, in a, a very historic move. Mm-hmm. So when you look at all these things right now and, and how we're reacting, um, 73, the Yom Kippur War, when they were attacked, Israel pushed Jordan back to the Jordan River. They used to have the boundaries of Jordan all the way up to the Mount of Olives. They pushed Jordan back to the Jordan River, which is now known today as the West Bank. We know it, biblical name of Judea and Samaria. Tell you what, we got a break right here, friends. We're going to be right back. We're taking another historical look here uh, from 1967. And uh, just this West Bank and just giving a, a scenario on this, we're also going to be looking at the uh, Bible prophecy end of this as well. So stay with us. We'll be back in one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. From film producer Dave Cristiano comes the Christian film, Always a Winner. It follows the challenges and conflicts faced by a girls golf team at a Christian high school. Always a Winner unfolds many key themes on pride, arrogance, relationships, forgiveness, and standing for life. You can't get an abortion. Yes, I can. No, you can't. I have to. No, you don't. Baby's not very far along. The baby was a baby at conception. You can't kill your baby. Hannah, this is not your problem. The 85-minute DVD, Always a Winner, is available for a donation of $18. For Always a Winner, call 1-800-729-9829. That's 1-800-729-9829. 
729-9829. Ask for the DVD, Always a Winner. Dr. Jimmy DeYoung Jr. with us here today on Crosstalk. Israel has been attacked, and we have seen the horrible and the horror, uh, the horror situations unfolding before our very eyes. Uh, uh, the situation is grave at this point. Uh, many lives have been lost. Uh, many hundreds of lives lost. We've seen thousands of individuals uh, injured, uh, kidnappings that have taken place. It doesn't matter the age. I mean, infants uh, have been apprehended. Uh, women have been apprehended. Uh, it is sheer evil that has been unfolding here against the nation of Israel. As we mentioned at the outset of the program here today, protesters converging in Times Square and and uh, rallying support for, for the Palestinians. We have seen uh, a number of student organizations at Harvard uh, blaming Israel, uh, totally responsible for the unfolding violence that is taking place. We're speaking with Dr. Jimmy DeYoung Jr. today. Folks, their website, prophecytoday.com, prophecytoday.com. Check it out. They're covering a lot of these issues on their site and uh, without the filters of the major media here across the nation. Uh, uh, Brother Jimmy, you were just talking here in regard to looking back at the uh, 67 war and the, 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 the whole issue of the West Bank and how it got its name and, and uh, basically how Israel has responded in the past and what world opinion was at that time as, as well. So to continue down that pathway here, and we'll also take a look as to how Israel is responding today. Yes. Jim, I just wanted to, get, to complete this thought with you. So Israel was attacked. They pushed Jordan back to the Jordan River. They pushed Syria. Uh, they took the Golan Heights. Uh, they took all of uh, the uh, Sinai region. Of course, those were given back in the uh, Camp David Accords of, of 1972. Um, but, you know, Israel didn't take and didn't invade Syria, didn't invade Jordan. They were protecting themselves. When they were attacked, they then spread to the borders of what they have today. And, of course, Syria has been asking for the Golan Heights back. If you know the Golan Heights, there are five mountain regions inside the state of Israel, beginning with Mount Hermon, the Heights of Bashan, or the Golan Heights, which overlook the largest body of fresh water in the Mideast, which we know it as the Sea of Galilee. You've got uh, other areas at the mountain ranges that go down the mountains of Amman, Edom, uh, all the way down in, in the south of Jordan. Uh, so when Israel pushed back these areas, they took that land to establish their borders. They were attacked and they took the land. Uh, today, all of a sudden, now the world is asking for restraints. Israel, back off. They didn't just have a 1,000 people killed in their countries. Um, Israel... Uh, is going to do what it needs to do, and they will go as far as they can until the world opinion turns against them. So when we think about this, how would the world turn against Israel? Uh, and you look at leading up to potentially, and, and why I say, and, and here's what I'll state. I don't believe there are, there are over a thousand prophecies in the Bible, Jim. 500 of those have been fulfilled. 500 are left to be fulfilled. There are no other prophecies to be fulfilled before the rapture of the church takes place. I believe it's an imminent event. So what are we looking at? We're looking at the beginning of drawing in these nations from Ezekiel 38, Daniel 11, and Psalm 83. Ezekiel 38, you're looking at Russia, Iran, Somalia, uh, Ethiopia, Sudan, Libya, Turkey, those are the nations of Ezekiel 38. And Turkey just is, is weighing in now. At first, they condemned the attack. And I just saw a report that Ty Vertigan of Turkey is, is offering support to Hamas and those affected in the Gaza Strip. Oh my. So we're seeing these nations being drawn in, uh, the nations of Daniel uh, 11, uh, the king out of the north, which would be Syria, the king out of the south, which would be Egypt. And then, of course, Psalm 83, the nations of the Ishmaelites, that son, that illegitimate son of Abraham uh, that he had with Hagar, Ishmael, those are the Ishmaelites. That's Saudi Arabia, UAE, Qatar. 
those nations are all coming in, and that could be one of the reasons why this took place, because Israel was developing normalization with those uh, nations of Saudi Arabia, UAE, and Qatar. Well, that's interesting. So Israel was establishing normal relations, but are they coming along Israel's side, or are they, are they supporting Hamas at this point? They Well, they're, they're two different forms of Islam, uh, the Shia and the Sunni. So uh, Saudi Arabia is not friends with Iran. Uh, they control, uh, and when you look at uh, Mecca, Medina, uh, they are basically the, um, I, I would say, the guardians of Islam. Iran says you're not doing it a, a, enough, and so for Saudi Arabia to go into a normalization treaty or some sort of agreement with Israel to normalize relationships, that's probably what poked Iran, I mean, many things, Mm -hmm. but probably poked Iran in the eye, and that's why they decided to start this now. So, yes, uh, I mean, we're seeing uh, at this point Saudi Arabia is, is not taking a side in this fight. So you referenced Ezekiel 38 and this uh, Gog and Magog are, are, are in, in, into this as well. Uh, but we know that there's reference to Russia. Have they spoken out? Are there any movement happening with Russia at this point? I have not seen. Uh, for, uh, the only thing that I have seen, they condemn the attack. Of course, they've got their own battle in the Ukraine, so mm-hmm. they're fighting their own war. Yeah. But they condemn the attack in which it, way it took place. Um, don't forget the Islamic influence inside Russia. Uh, when you talk about the stands, uh, Uzbekistan, uh, all the, the uh, those are heavily Islamic. So, in, in order for and those are the fighters for Vladimir Putin. So, in order for him to keep some sort of uh, and, and they say by uh, 2026, Russia is going to be 75 percent Islamic. Well, when you see this, they uh, at this point they have condemned the attacks, but it wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be surprised, and this would be the beginning uh, when you know Israel is trying to step out, stamp out you know, the attack coming from the Gaza Strip. Not only there, but you've got other pockets throughout Israel where this is igniting the uh, Islamic Arab folks that are in the area in the center of the country, um, you're going to see, you're going to start to see it being attacked again, not only on the, on the borders, but from within. So we have Israel now uh, really, you know, defending herself, going to, uh, you know, strike back at those who have wrecked such, such evil against her as, as, as a nation as well. Um, and a, a scenario I can see unfolding is that Israel will show no self-restraint. We're going to retaliate in this regard. Could that be the catalyst even for the nations of the world to turn against Israel collectively? No doubt, Jim. Uh, and we've seen that. We've seen that over the last five years, ten years. We've seen world opinion. And, and if, you, you know, if you're an Israeli and you're talking this, they've seen it from day one. From 1948, when they became a nation and they had the War of Independence, they were attacked on five different borders. So, you know, they've seen this in 48, 56, um, 67, 73, uh, uh, 1984, 2006. So they have been a part of these wars. And this is just one of many. A lot of people have asked me, is this, are we, are we starting to see prophecy fulfilled? We're starting to see the potential for a, a larger battle and more countries to be drawn into this conflict. And it's interesting on how world opinion will view Israel, the little tiny nation of Israel. Let me ask you one other question here. And we know the, the special place that Israel has in uh, w- with God. God chose this nation. But uh, we, we are told in Psalm chapter 121, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Dr. DeYoung, was, was God asleep at this time? Was was he caught off guard by what's unfolding in the world today? Nah, that's a great question, Jim. You know, when we look at Bible prophecy, this is only the beginning. 
When you look at the 70th week of Daniel, there's a reason the seven-year period of time, the world, the time of Jacob's trouble is going to take place. It's going to finish the iniquity, to end the transgressions of whom? The Jewish people. It's going to anoint the most holy and set up the holy place by Jesus Christ, ruling and reigning and ruling over the Jewish people in the city of Jerusalem from the Temple Mount. So when Zechariah chapter 9 says two-thirds of the Jewish people are going to be wiped out, man, this is only the beginning of what's going to take place in the future. So God was not caught off guard. Anything that happens today is God allowing world leaders to accomplish his will. Uh, I think the one thing that we all need to keep in mind here, Jim, and and again, yes, the Jewish people are God's chosen people. They are not a holy people today. The first prayer that God hears of a Jewish person, doesn't matter how many times they pray at the Western Wall, how many times that they read the Bible and how many good things they do, they have to follow 613 laws to try to be holy. They can't be holy. The only thing that the first prayer that God hears of the Jewish people is, Lord, save me. Jesus Christ died for their sins. God sent his son to die on the cross for them. So, yes, uh, God was not caught off guard. There's much more trouble coming for Israel in the future. And I think that's what people have to remember. That's why Bible prophecy is in God's word. God's not finished with the Jewish people. They're going to go through a lot more travail. The time of Jacob's trouble in the future, that seven-year period of time, is so that the Jewish people recognize that God is their God, and Jesus is their Messiah. Friends, our phone number to Crosstalk today, 800-733-9829. Your questions today, 800-733-9829. And with that, Brother DeYoung, I'm sure you are, are, are asserting that God's promises to Israel, that Abrahamic covenant, that indeed is a forever covenant. It is. There's four of them, the Abrahamic covenant, mm-hmm. the uh, land covenant, and that's a good that's a good point. The borders of the land that were given to the Jewish people run all the way from the Euphrates in Iraq to the Nile River and Egypt, as far north as Lebanon, as far south as three quarters of Saudi Arabia. Uh, there have been many leaders that have said, many Islamic leaders, the problem with the Jewish people is that they believe the Bible. Those borders were mentioned, thirty five different passages of those borders, those boundaries of the land of Israel, are mentioned in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible. So any of your spiritual, religious Jewish leaders today that are following the Bible believe that the borders that God has given, that's why Israel is where it is today. They were offered uh, Uganda to establish a state, and they said, no, we know where the borders of Israel that God gave us those that and this is why they are in that land today and this conflict this is satan's subtle strategy if you will to uh defeat god if he can defeat god if he can defeat the jewish people which he has tried all throughout history right. uh beginning all the way in the ba- uh, back in the book of esther um uh throughout uh, the millennium jewish people have been tried to be wiped out Uh, And even uh, Adolf Hitler tried and didn't succeed. Well, uh, there were more people killed in one day than there were uh, since the Holocaust. Friends, we're going to take a quick break here, and uh, we're going to come back to your calls. So we're going to ask you to be brief, concise, get right to your question, and uh, we'll have our guests respond to it. Dr. Jimmy DeYoung, Jr. today, the website prophecytoday.com, prophecytoday.com, back in one minute here on Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Israel is at war, but in reality, this war is global. We're already seeing Iran and all these other nations, the Taliban, wanting to come to the aid of their comrades to attack Israel. The Taliban's even asking for permission from Iran to travel through to get to Gaza. My friends, the Bible says, I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. Speaking of the nation of Israel, we don't agree with everything the Israeli government does, but we stand with the Jewish people. We understand God's plan and economy for the Jewish people. What has been shocking since the war broke out Saturday night, American time in Israel, 
is how many church-going evangelical Christians do not know what happened or have any context. The Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. We need biblical knowledge and truth about what God thinks about what's happening in Israel. I'm Brandon House. This is Crosstalk on VCY America, covering the attack on Israel from this past weekend. But as uh, our guest today, Dr. Jimmy DeYoung Jr. has pointed out, those attacks have been going on all throughout history. All throughout history, we've seen that unfold. Let's begin with Greg in Bloomington, Illinois. And Greg, you're on the air. Hi, uh, thank you. Uh, Dr. DeYoung, uh, Crosstalk's timing is impeccable. Um, Brandon House was just talking about the, the uh, biblical literacy I'm confused as for what uh, God said to Abraham in Genesis when he said, I will bless those that bless you and those that uh, curse you, I will curse. Was he speaking to the, about the descendants of Abraham, or was he speaking about the nation of Israel, or was he even going uh, more succinct than that and speaking about Jews specifically? Thank you, Can Ray. you share any light on that? Great question. And uh, this has to do a little bit with hermeneutics, and I know that's a big word, but when you look at it, uh, that promise goes uh, to the Jewish people and also then to the state of Israel. Uh, But it also says in Deuteronomy that if you disobey me, I will spank you, and that's uh, when the Jewish people didn't obey God, he disciplined them, just like any parent would, and he allowed them. You know, back when, uh, 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 slips on my mind for a second, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, sorry, when Nebuchadnezzar came in from the Babylonian Empire, he came in in 605 and 586 and destroyed the temple. God allowed the holiest site on the earth, the Temple Mount, to be destroyed and the Jews to be carried away into captivity. Why? Because they dis- God was disciplining the Jews. They disobeyed him. Well, since they have come back, they haven't been a godly nation. There have been times in history, there have been godly Jews, there have been people that wanted to be observant and righteous Jews, but uh, they still turned their back on God. They allowed other nations to come in, and um, they were taken into uh, captivity and allowed to return to the land. Mm -hmm. That happened again in 70 A.D., the Jews were scattered to the four corners of the earth because they disobeyed God, and the temple was destroyed again. They have been allowed to come back. There will be another temple that's talked about in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 11, that the Antichrist will allow the Jews to rebuild. But Daniel chapter 9 specifically says that time of Jacob's trouble is a time when they will be disciplined. The Jewish people are not holy people today. They serve a God, they bought, but they don't pray to the same God you pray to. Yeah. Thank you for the call. Uh, Aaron in Scottsdale, Arizona, you're on the air. Hello, Aaron. Uh, turn your radio on, please. Uh, yes, hi. Am I speaking? I think you are. Go ahead, Aaron. Uh, this is Sharon, Sharon. from uh, Arizona. Okay. I have uh, two or three comments. Okay, quick, very quickly, do you have a question for our guest? Yes, uh, I'm trying to figure out. It wasn't it at one point that God said that God took away uh, the land from the uh, Israelites because of their disobedience? Okay, and Doctor Young. Yes, and that's what I just told yeah. to Greg and Sharon. Thank you for your your question. It's a great question. God did discipline the Jewish people. He took them. He cast them out of the land. Uh, he scattered them to the four corners. That's Jeremiah chapter 29. Scattered them to the four corners of mm-hmm. the earth. But he has to fulfill his promise. Those promises that Jim talked about, yeah. the covenants, the Abrahamic, the land, the Davidic, and the new covenant. The new covenant is when they will recognize that God is their God and Jesus is their Messiah. And that is still yet in the future. Okay, another quick question, Aaron? Okay, yeah. Uh, I... Uh, was trying to figure out... Now, I have never read the scripture, 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. Now, so I thought that for many years also, but I discovered it's the light, L-I-G-H-T. Yeah, I'll tell you what, we're going in another direction right now, but uh, yeah, certainly uh, thank you for the call, and John fourteen six does do that, but uh, God is the, the light as well. He sent his light into the world, and, and uh, certainly through the, the Messiah we have that. Let's go to Jerry in Whitewater. You're on the air, Jerry. Yes. Uh, wh- wh- how much money have we just given the PLO? And why are we sending a ship over? I mean, it, this doesn't make any sense. We're sending a, a, some sort of a air, uh, aircraft carrier, yep. aircraft carrier over to, to help Israel, and we're giving millions to the PLO or billions. I don't know. To, I don't know. How thank, much. thank you, Jerry. Uh, he's he's you know just scratching his head on that one. Yes, I agree with you, Jerry. You need to write your congressman, your senator, your president. And just let him know. Look, we are, we're, we're, we're tipping our hat. We're giving to both sides of this fight. Um, Israel is our number one asset as a as an American. Israel is our number one asset in the Middle East. But we are also there are aspects of the government, and just as Jim said earlier, that are asking and 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 taking the side of the Palestinians, and that has been increasing, especially with this administration. The Obama administration, the Clinton administration, you keep going back, and it seems to be Democratic administrations are trying to help prop up the Palestinians and the plight of the Palestinian people, almost to the point where they're forcing Israel to develop a two-state solution. But I can guarantee you that's probably off the plate right now. Thank you, Jerry, for the call. We're going to squeeze in Faith in Atascadero, California, on the Air Faith. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I just had a question. I was wondering if you believe the Psalm 83 war has been fulfilled, has not been fulfilled, and I'll take my, my answer off there. Thank we, you. Thank you, Jimmy. We have uh, 35 seconds. Yes, great question. As I said before, there are 500 prophecies to be fulfilled. Psalm 83 happens after the rapture of the Church. I believe the rapture is imminent, and in order for it to be imminent, we can't see any more prophecies being fulfilled until after the rapture church takes place. But I do believe that that will be involved in the second seal, the man on a red horse, Revelation chapter uh, 6, 2, and 3. Dr. Jimmy DeYoung, Jr., our guest here today, and brother, thank you so much for carving out the time to join us. Oh, my pleasure, Jim. Thank you for having me on. And, this dark day. Yeah, hang on the line for a moment, if you would. The website, prophecytoday.com, prophecytoday.com. Listeners, can I remind you? Can I remind you that today is the day of acceptance? Today is the accepted time. If you've not placed your trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, I don't know why you're waiting. I'd encourage you to do it today. God loves you. He sent his son, died, was buried, rose again the third day, that you might have everlasting life. Don't delay, folks. Trust him today. God bless you. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.